elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the Best Sellers Body Care Set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com, code SUMMER. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Welcome to the 1865 Match Report with me, Rich Ferraro, on the day that Forest beat Preston North End 3-0 at home. It was a welcome win after a couple of frustrating results. And Forest went in 2-0 at half-time after a Lewis Graben penalty and a volley from Jack Colback. They added to that with another one from Graben in the second half. However, I think it's fair to say that the result was better than performance. That's my opinion. Let's find out what Baz thinks. And uh, Baz, let's first of all talk through something that was... Uh, a bit notable, which was the team news, a change in formation, quite a few changes to the team. Uh, yeah, so we started off back to, going back to the like four-two-three-one kind of thing. Um, Figueroa dropped. Um, uh, who else? So it was Colback and Yates in the middle, standard back four with Low returning to the side, and then Alex Mighton making his uh, debut uh, on the left at the, in, in the wing. Um, Steve Cooper said after the game that that was basically because he because Preston played with wing backs he wanted to push them back by having the the, the wingers on, but um, I think especially in the at the beginning it seemed to cause us as many problems as it caused them. Yeah, I mean if you listen to Radio Nottingham you hear David Jackson sounding very excited and enthusiastic about the fact. Oh, in the first minute Forest had had six players attacking the the Preston box and and certainly in in that first minute or two. Um, Alex Mighton actually had a chance to sort of get in. He had a shot which was blocked at source uh, in the first few minutes as well. He he managed to get in down to the byline and, and try and put a ball in. But on the other hand, there was a moment, a hairy moment after about two minutes where a Preston player went down in the box and, and you and I looked at each other and yeah. thought, you know, that might be a penalty. Yeah. And, and that becomes significant a little bit later, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought from, from what I could see, and I've not seen it back, it looked like a penalty to me. Um, and, yeah, the Preston fans were obviously calling for it as well. Um, but it wasn't given. Um, but then um, later on in the game, well, before that, it was, uh, as I was saying, with the, with the wingers, um, Max Lowe and Alex Martin kept running into each other. Mm. Um, they, they they obviously weren't used to playing together. Um, Max Lowe obviously wants to invade that space where, where the winger would be. And they didn't know what to do with each other. Um, so I think that kind of stifled us a little bit. And Johnson seemed quite quiet as well on the other wing. 
and I don't know if that's related. Yeah, I mean, he had that one moment uh, where he, he did kind of make a run and try, and try and get a ball into the box, but it seemed as though Forrest were more or less trying to play down the left-hand side, and when it's down the right, it seemed to be more Spence rather than yeah. Johnson, didn't it? But then, um, but then Johnson did make the, the, um, the decisive thing where, um, again, we've seen this back now, and I'm not convinced it was a penalty at all. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I say... I think it's fair to say we've been on the rough end of a few refereeing decisions in the last three Brennan, matches. Brennan Johnson in particular has yes. been on the rough Brennan end Brennan Johnson it. in particular. And of course that can swing two ways. It can swing whereby the thing that we feared was that he'd get tarred as a diver and would get yellow cards for going down too easily. On this occasion, I think it swung the other way because I thought that Brennan went down really quite easily. There was contact, but to me it wasn't a penalty. It didn't impede him. And I thought Brennan... Well, he went down really quite he easily. Very, he, and he wasn't really that near the ball. Yeah, and, and it, I mean, I guess it doesn't make any difference in terms of is it a penalty or not, which is that if you get kicked and it impedes you inside the box. But he was going the wrong way as yeah. well. So. So, so, yeah, so Preston had a pretty decent, what looked to me like a decent shout for a penalty turned down. We had what looked like quite a dodgy penalty given. But yeah, but given what's happened in the last few games, I'll, I'll take that. yeah. Well, before we come on to the actual penalty itself, I think it's also worth pointing out a couple of things. Preston did have a couple of half chances as well. Uh, their number 44, Potts, he looked dangerous in that first first half in particular. And he had an effort which caused a rather odd save where Samba kind of just... He seemed to be moving the wrong way, stuck his arm out and parried it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Potts also had another half chance as well. So it looked as though... Let's put it this way. Preston have had a good run recently and they looked confident, didn't they? And the way they were playing, they, they were basically playing a 3-1-6 formation. <laughs> they, they put six attackers up against our back four. Um, and I'm guessing their plan was if we were playing the 3-4-3, then that would have forced Spence, Spence and Lowe to stay back. Yeah. And that's how you stop us playing. But the fact that we changed the formation... They they did keep us pressed very, very high up the pitch and they were playing very high up the pitch, but it didn't really work for them. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that there could be a significance beyond this match because what we've seen in the last few matches um, in terms of uh, today's match, but also Sheffield United, QPR, Fulham in particular, there's always a danger when you've got a new manager that he's going to get found out. And I think... A lot of teams, those four teams in particular, have thought the way to kind of stifle Forest now that they're playing 20 yards further up the pitch is try and stop them from pressing, and the best way to do that is press them. And we've seen all four teams in those last matches do it. Preston weren't quite able to capitalise, and I have to say as well, the penalty, probably the best penalty I've seen Lewis Graben take for us, we're always a bit nervous because he has got a chequered history from the spot, but he took a really deliberately slow run up. I thought he was trying to do a Lyle Taylor. And that's oh, did what you? made me nervous. No, but he took us it was still a run up, but it was it was it was he did a slight stutter, but what was crucial is that it meant that the keeper committed himself before, and so Graben was really confident in hitting it quite hard down the middle, um, basically where the keeper would have been standing. Yep. Um, and yeah, so Preston will probably feel quite aggrieved by that, but uh, given what 
Brennan Johnson's had done to him over the last few games, I, I think that's fair enough. They they even out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, I mean, when you're on the wrong end of it, it doesn't make it doesn't make any better yeah. at that time, does it? But then, not not that long after Jack Colback put, um, there's no denying that one. Um, mm. It was Brennan Johnson again who made the goal, uh, made the free kick rather, yeah. as he got tumbled over and just sort of outside the box. And no dispute about that. No, one. absolutely not. Uh, Zinc, I think, put it in. Mm-hmm. Now, what was interesting as well is uh, a, a bugbear amongst a lot of Forest fans is the quality of our set pieces, particularly from Zinc and Nuggle. Um, this one, he, he dinked it in, and it's one of those where actually it proved to be a difficult one to defend because a Preston head got to it, but could only deflect it towards the edge of the box. And Jack Colback came in and... I mean, if there's one thing that we've learned from Jack Cole back in the last two weeks is that he can hit a volley. And yeah, it was I mean, on the perfectly on the volley, really, really well hit. Great technique. He, you know, he got his body shape right. He put his foot right through it. The keeper didn't even have a chance to move. Yeah, and I mean that wasn't the first time he was up the up that end of the pitch either. Mm-hmm. This is this as we were saying. This is like the Jack Cole back of old. He there was another bit where he got a break on and he was the t- the first man, um, breaking through against. It was like him against two defenders. Yeah, and and I think if he was. If he was 10 years younger, he would have had a chance yeah. of running on goal, but he's not. So. And actually, a, a, a quick mention there for Ryan Yates as well. There was a point where Ryan Yates made a breakthrough, um, juggled the ball on the edge of the box and put a shot in that just sort of went across the face of goal. Yeah. And um, having compared Ryan Yates to Iniesta in recent weeks, you said that that's quite Yeboah-esque. Yeah, if um, anyone remembers Tony Yeboah yeah, juggling ask, the ball. Ask your dad, kids. Um, <laughs> so, actually... Uh, yeah, at 1-0, all of a sudden Preston looked rattled. At 2-0, you'd have thought we were comfortable. But the, the sort of the five minutes before half-time and the 10 to 15 after half-time, I think it's fair to say that Preston were having a go at us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it came down to that same thing, which was basically their, their press was not letting us get the ball. And, mm. and, was, and we were... We couldn't really pass it very well, mm. and and they were they were starting to win a lot of their battles against us. Yeah, and and in particular, Emil Rees Jakobsen, who is a striker in form, he's you know he's scored lots of goals this season, and they put him directly up against Joe Worrell, which was, I have to say, there are a few moments which were a bit hairy for us as Forest fans, but is if you're a neutral, that's a cracking deal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Joe Worrell got done for pace quite early on. And you could see him, he was worried after that. And yeah. and he had to make several last-ditch recoveries after he got done again and again. Yeah, I, I noticed in the first half, Worrell in particular. I mean, you say that you like McKenna because he has that kind of minimalist thing, yeah. kind of standing up and whatever. And Worrell in particular in the first half, what I noticed against Jakobsen and Potts, who are both tall players, is that there are a couple of moments where Worrell would stand off from the first ball so he could get the second one. In the second half... Jakobsen was playing right on him and it meant that um, even when Worrell was trying to go in for the first ball Jakobsen's a skillful player and he was able to sometimes get past him so Worrell then had to adjust his feet and try and get get the second ball didn't yeah, he? Yeah. And, and sometimes needed Jed Spence to help him out as well. Absolutely. Um, a quick word for Spence he was absolutely everywhere. Yeah, I was joking with the bloke next to me. It's like, it doesn't matter. He's, he's always there first and yeah. even at one moment when after a set piece 
um, the ball was down by our left corner flag, and I just turned to the black next to Even when it's at left back, Spence is to, gets to the ball first. Yeah. I don't know how he does it. He, he was an absolute machine. Um, and the, the other thing that changed, especially in the second half, was um, Lowe, when he was running up the pitch, started cutting inside, mm. so he wasn't running into Mighton. Um, Mighton didn't have the best game, but... I yeah, think... he had a really good first sort of 10 minutes or so, yeah, but he but really... Then... He, it looked like he had the weight on his shoulders. Yeah, and I think that... that that the fact that him and Lowe were getting caught up together, I think, knocked his confidence. Mm. Lowe adjusted his game to deal with Mighton, and that sort of kind of brought us back into it a little bit. It did, it did. Um, however, Mighton was the player who was brought off on around about the hour mark. Yeah. Um, it looked to me like a planned substitution, actually, yeah. because um, a lot of a lot of fans around us are saying, "Well, Mighton needs to come off, and we ought to put Lolly on because Mighton's, you know, Mighton's a bit of a liability. He's, he's getting muscled out of it a bit too much." But it looked planned because as soon as as soon as you could see Lolly getting ready, you could see Johnson getting ready to come onto the left hand side. Yep. You could see Mighton getting ready to go off, and you could see that Lolly sprinted over to the right hand right wing. Um, so I suspect that that substitution would have happened anyway. I suspect that Steve Cooper trying to gradually introduce Mighton into being a first team starter rather than coming on as an yeah, impact yeah. sub. And then. Um... It's just then, after that that yeah, we yeah. had the moment of the match, really. Yeah, the Johnson making it happen again, basically. It was one of those... Um, again, ask your dad, Ryan Giggs in the FA Cup against Arsenal. <laughs> it was like, basically, he just ran the entire length of the pitch and beat everyone on it. it yeah, it was, a, it was a good 60 yards, wasn't it? And a slaloming run. And what was very clear, we've seen over the last few weeks, but Preston discovered early on in this match, is that when Brennan Johnson's running at you, you're going to do well to get the ball off him. And so what you either do is you surround him with lots of players or you end up kicking him. Yeah, and, and their player, player got a yellow card quite early on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And on this occasion, they tried surrounding him with lots of players and he slalomed through, put the ball in, again, a half clearance in the box. But Lewis Graben once again showing what a master poacher he is because it looked like his body shape was all wrong. He swung his left foot at it, hit it against the inside of the post um, and then it was over the line before Daniel Everson could clear it yeah. in the goal. So um, 3-0. And I have to say, going back to where I started, the result probably better than the performance because um, I thought that 2-0 at half-time flattered us. Um, 3-0... Probably reflected uh, in terms of chances. I also need to say that the last 20, 25 minutes pretty much petered out. There wasn't a huge amount to talk well, about, was I mean, there? Well, so basically we put Garner on for zinc and... And Garner conclusively proved he's not a number 10. <laughs> well, and, and um, Taylor on for Graben because Graben was looking quite tired by then. It makes sense. Yeah, and we played effectively a, a five in midfield, flat five in midfield, with Garner a little bit ahead, but but it was, I think the the fact Steve Cooper beforehand was saying, um, I I made the point the the last match report I did it would be nicer for us to keep more clean sheets. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of next stage we need to build to. Yeah. Whereas Steve Cooper in his interview was saying uh, before the game was saying it would be nice for us to score the first goal. Yeah. Um, today, I think one we obviously did score the first goal, um, but also this going to a four-five-one. I think he was saying right now we're going to keep a clean sheet. Mm, yeah, 
Uh, quite possibly. I mean, it's also to do with the options that are on the bench because we didn't have another... You know, usually when Martin's on the bench and Lolly's on the bench or Zink's on the bench, we've got those options to bring on more attacking players. And this time, because they were already on the pitch, we didn't. And I was thinking, actually, you know what? I know this is an obvious thing to say, but if Carvalho had been on the bench at 3-0 up, that would have been a nice nice mm. chance to give him some minutes. Um, worth pointing out, there was a moment which, if you're... Not winning is massively frustrating, but if you 3-0 up, it's quite amusing, <laughs> which was an absolute hoofed clearance from Samba. Um, Taylor was there, and he actually ended up, for just a brief second, he was behind his defenders with the keeper coming out to try and close him down. You just thought, if he could if just he could, poke it... Yeah, if he could just get a chip on that. Yeah, then... and he didn't. Uh, and then what he tried to do was to... Tried to bring the ball down, wouldn't come down. Tried to poke it up, sort of Gaza-style Euro 96, ask your dad again. Um, and, and, and and didn't manage that either. And um, and then it kind of popped up and then he fell over. And that was about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, uh, Taylor was also booked late on for a really odd... When, this, when it's 3-0 up, what's the point in getting into a fight with the opposition defenders? But also, I should point out that the ref was very lenient on a couple of Preston players. Mm. Their uh, number 14, who was lucky to escape a yellow card in the first half, he'd come on as a sub. And he looked like a defender who'd come on as a sub. Mm. Come on as a sub, he need grabbing in the back, got talking to. Second half early on, got a yellow card. Late on, if we hadn't been 3-0 up, the ref surely would have had to yeah. have given it. And Greg Cunningham, once of this parish... Uh, he absolutely cleared out Lolly um, to the point that Lolly seemed to have a bit of a dead leg after. Um, didn't get a booking for that. Again, if it wasn't 3 0, you'd expect him to get a booking. But it was Cunningham who had that little spat yeah, with yeah. Taylor. So, um, you know, by that point, the ref was probably taking pity and just thinking, well, what's the point? Yeah. But he still gave Taylor a yellow card. So, um, draw your own conclusions there. Um, okay, I've said two or three times the result was better than the performance. What do you think? Um, yeah, so our passing wasn't particularly fluent. Um, apart from Johnson running the ball, we didn't really get the ball forwards very effectively. Um, Mighton looked a little bit lost at times. Zinc looked a little bit overwhelmed at times. Again, I have doubts about his, where his strength playing in the number 10 mm. role. Yeah, you want car value on. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I want car value on at 3-0 up. <laughs> yeah. um, Max Lowe was quiet as well. Um We've, we've talked about Spence being everywhere. I thought Max Lowe. Um, earlier games this season, um, Spence has done exactly those performances, but Max Lowe's been better than him. Mm. Whereas today it was the other way around. Spence is, Spence is consistently amazing, and Max Lowe wasn't quite up to the same standards. Okay, yeah. And, and yeah, I think it, what stood out is that Spence is amazing. The sponsor's man of the match went to Jack Colback, which I think is actually well-deserved. He had a proper Ginger Perlow performance. Yeah, today, it, that was as good as I've seen him play as a defensive midfielder and getting forwards as well. Yeah. Um, and same goes for Ryan Yates. I, th- I yeah. thought that this game was definitely won by those two players. Yeah, for, for, for me, I think that central midfield was, was the high spot. Um, Graben was, you know, as, as, as often happens when you're a lone centre-forward, he did lose the ball on a few occasions, but I actually thought it was once again an next excellent performance that shows that he is an experienced championship striker someone who is um somebody who's a very good striker at this level would you agree yeah absolutely okay now it is the international break coming up so no matches for a couple of weeks and I think 
that will probably be good because I think certain members of the squad need a rest. Jed Spence probably isn't amongst them because he just yeah. never seems to rest. <laughs> um, but also, I think Cooper did say he wants to, you know, have a chance to actually work on some stuff with the players, which is probably a good thing. Um, we're going to have a, uh, a um, one of our monthly long podcasts coming up uh, very soon as well to review the month that was. And it's been a positive month on the whole. Um, I would say, just to bookend this particular game, that the QPR and Sheffield United matches were really good adverts for championship football. And the Sheffield United match in particular is quite high quality. This match was lower quality, but if you're going to win a match 3-0, you know, in those circumstances, then you're not going to complain too much, are you? So we'll be back in a week's time. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Podcast Network.